Welcome along to the Sporting Heroes podcast. My name's Matt Jones and my guest for this episode is someone who has scored hundreds and hundreds of goals as a striker. He's earned five promotions as a professional footballer as well and now he's really plotting out a successful career as a manager as well, having got that first promotion under his belt with Berry, and now he's in charge of Plymouth. It's a warm welcome to Ryan Lowe. Good afternoon, Matt. Uh, great to have you on. Uh, so first of all, let's talk a little bit about your playing career and uh, you came through at non-league before really making a proper name for yourself at the likes of Shrewsbury. Yeah, obviously it was uh, it was a long slog, but, uh, you know, listen, I've done it the hard way and, you know, with thanks to, you know, teams like so the, the Sandon Dock and Waterloo Dock, you know, I was um, released at several clubs as a youngster, probably weren't good enough, Liverpool including one of them and went on trials to Hull and Rochdale and everywhere. Uh, managed to go to Southport on a youth team there for, for two years in the youth system, uh, which was quite good. We had a lot of scousers in the team and won a few cups. And then I was plucked away from there in terms of um, went to Bersco. Obviously, they were in the Unibond first division at the time. And a guy called Peter King, who was a friend of the family, who you know, passed away so many years ago, and that was a big influence on my career in terms of where I went and how it went about it. Um, joined them the back end of one season. And then the following season, I managed to score 38. Was it 30? Yeah, I think it was 38 goals, and we ended up getting promoted to the uh, Unibond Premier, which was nice. And then obviously the floodgates opened a little bit. I had options to go, you know, on trials. I ended up going to Everton. Um, I went to Hull City, a couple more, but it was it was mostly you know Everton. Even though I was a Liverpool fan, it was it was Everton that gave me the breakthrough chance. And and what they said was, look, listen, you're, you're too old for us. It was our Kendall and Colin Harvey. Um, but, you know, look, what we want you to do is we want you to go on trial with Kevin Ratcliffe at Shrewsbury. Um, you know, in the summer, just keep fit and, you know, they'll have a look at you. just want to make sure you're a good lad and whatever else. And I've done that and I was there a week and I managed to sign a 12-month contract within a week of training with Shrewsbury. Was there a point then in, in your life when you thought that even though your dream was to be a professional footballer, you might not make it because some chances have been and gone? Yeah, 100%, mate. It was hard. Um, but you know what? I felt I had to give it everything. And, you know, when I say to the youngsters now who are out there playing non-league football and grassroots football, I had to come from, you know, getting kicked in the van sangster with 40-year-old and 35-year-old fellas on a Friday afternoon just because I love football. I'd run home from school and I'd go to van sangster to play with men. Um, but I always wanted to give it the best shot possible. Uh, and I always felt if, you, if, if you'd done that, you'd get half a chance. And, and listen, who, who would have thought it that it was actually Everton? Well, it was me, really, but Everton gave me a great stepping stone towards that success because, you know, as a as a Liverpool fan, massive Liverpool fan, when Everton come crawling after where Everton kept for a trial game, I was a bit, oof, hang on a minute, I don't think this is really me, but <laughs> I'd have done anything to, to be a professional footballer, hence I pulled the, uh, the Everton kit on. <laughs> um, do you think then that because you had come the hard way round as such to be a pro that when you did first pull on a Shrewsbury shirt or when you, you won that first promotion with them three or four years after turning pro that it meant more maybe? Oh yeah, 100%. Listen, I, I still speak about it now. In my first time there was, you know, I struggled with friends. I mean, I was Sam Easton, you know, quite well. He played for Tramir, who's, who's an head teacher now. Not a lot. We were actually up in Shrewsbury a couple of weeks ago before all the virus kicked off. We were still good friends, the family and stuff. And, um, you know, what, what we've done then, and Luke Rogers, who's my me, me, uh, me lad's godfather, and Ian Dunbavan, who's Stevie's mate, and, you know, Phil Jagielka, who's, um, sorry, Steve Jagielka, who's Phil Jagielka's brother. If we'd have known now what we knew then, you know, you'd, you'd like to think, you, you know, you'd have 
sort of done it a little bit different. You know, when you become a professional footballer, you know, you want to just give it everything you possibly got. And that's what we certainly did. But at times, you know, you think, well, you're there now. And that, that's, the, that's the worst thing you can think about is thinking you're already there. You've got to keep grafting and keep working hard. And then when we started winning games and you become a regular in the team, because I had to work a lot harder to get in the team. I was a, I was a squad player, if you like, for the first year or so. And then when you score your first goal and when you get the opportunities to play week in, week out, and as you said, you start getting some good times and then you start scoring, uh, playing against Everton in, in the Cup, in the FA Cup, and knocking them out, and then Chelsea, and then you're like, oof, here's where it starts. So, yeah, listen, I think, you know, early on, you were just happy to get there. And then once you're there, I think the hardest part is staying there. Absolutely. It's Radio City Talk. My name's Matt Jones. Ryan Lowe uh, is my guest uh, on Sporting Heroes uh, this week. Uh, let's look at some of the, the clubs that you did play for and some of the managers you played under as well. Kevin Ratcliffe, you've mentioned, Everton legend. You played under Mark Wright at Chester um, and several more big names as well. Ronnie Moore being one of them at Tranmere. Yeah, Ian Rush was in that. Ca- of course. Well. How, how ironic that. So, um, but yeah, um, listen again. Uh, Kevin Ratcliffe will always be a you know a big big favourite of mine in terms of yeah, he was an Everton captain and a legend and still is. Um, for him to give me the chance because again, look, you know, look, rivalry aside, you know, it, it's business and football. And he's seen something in me that I felt I could he could get out of me, and I'm sure he did. He, he didn't keep his job much longer after because after I'd signed the 12 months I think it was six months into it and he gave me a three and a half year contract which was nice of him because he seen you know that I really wanted it which was always nice but then to to play under obviously then Ian Rush I went from you know Shrewsbury to Chester and Ian Rush was another idol of mine if you like alongside Kenny Daglish um, and then for him to manage it and then obviously Mark Wright which another ex-Liverpool legend and you're like Where, where's this going this story um, yeah, look, I played, you know, played under some good people and some good managers. Some managers who, who didn't quite not get on with, but didn't like their style and the way they was. But again, that'll that'll stay in house. And you learn so much now as a manager from good managers and bad managers, if you like. Not saying they're all bad people, but you know, people have their own different agendas and different ways of managing. But yeah, I certainly worked under. Some crazy ones, some good ones, and not so good ones. <laughs> Who would you say, in terms of a manager, has been the biggest influence on you now? Then, as a manager, uh, bigger, biggest influence on me as a manager. Do you know what? I, I, I get loads of calls off ex-managers, and I speak to Paul Cook quite a lot. He's obviously Wigan manager, who's doing a fantastic job there in, in, in the circumstances of, in terms of, you know, what Wigan are, and you know, it's it's it's. It's a, well, I'm going to put this. The club is is obviously it's it's a rugby type club, but he's got the football second to none. Uh, you know he's working miracles there. Got them up from League One right away, playing good football. He, he's consolidating them in the championship the last two seasons, which is phenomenal because the championships like the Premier League now. So I speak to him quite a lot. Uh, you know I still speak to the old manager. I still speak to Ronnie Moore quite a lot. He texts us all the time. Um, you know, Carl Robinson who's a young manager himself who, who, who I tend to speak to quite a bit uh, and anyone and everyone really I think any manager you can speak to and obviously Jürgen Klopp I, you know, I spent a little bit of time with him and his company and he's, he's just obviously for me the, the special one but I, I'll speak to any manager and any manager who I can get any sort of advice off I'm always happy to bring them and, and ask for some advice because I feel it's important as a young manager to do so so all the managers who I speak to they're probably too many to name but I always take something out of each and every single one. Even the opposition managers who we play against Saturday afternoon or Tuesday evening, Matt. 
And let's have a look over your career then, because you've won, I think I'm right in saying, four promotions as a player. You've got one currently as a manager. Hopefully you'll be adding to that in the in the very near future. What moment means the most to you? As a manager? A manager or player over your entire career? Well, as a player, there was loads of moments. The Chesterfield one, which was a big goal. I've got it promoted. We lost the manager in eight games to go. We needed six wins. We, we got them and we... We got the sixth win with two games remaining, uh, and I scored the back stick. So that was that was phenomenal. Uh, and then obviously, you know, another one. Samir, I got promoted. Samir as a player again a couple of years later. Well, it was a few years later actually. But then I think the the biggest one really for me now at this moment in time is, and the Samir fans won't like this probably because it was at Samir, but it was it was getting promoted as a manager at Samir, and that win. Because it was Tranmere, it was it was more because I was a manager. The circumstances we went through, and to get promoted with a game to go, was was just special. How tough was that year at Berry um, in terms of off the field? On the field, obviously, it went incredibly well, but off the field, you've mentioned it. The circumstances were remarkable. Yeah, Matt, it was it was something I, I never want to go through again. Obviously, I'm, I can't speak too much about the, the situation in terms of you know, what it was, but it was tough, mate. And and I felt um, at some stages in that, it was probably the easiest thing to just walk away. But how could you do that when you had a staff of eight or nine people? You had a squad of 22, 23, 24 lads who were all in the same boat. And we had to galvanise the group that, look, we are where we are. We're, we're on the verge of a promotion, doing something special without getting paid. Uh, let's do it or go down in history. And you'll be you'll be remembered in forever in a day. Um, was it tough at times in terms of lifting the boys and, and, and trying to put a team out there on a Saturday afternoon or on Tuesday? Yeah, hundred percent. Do them boys need to go down in this? Guaranteed, hundred percent. So the circumstances felt that at some point it, it it urged us on and pushed us on to make sure that we could be great. And I think without saying you know people outside the football world and, and in the football world is that team. And management staff will go down in a long term in, in Betty's history. It really was against the odds, right? It's Radio City Talk. We could talk for hours and hours about your career, Ryan, because there are so many uh, special moments and things uh, to talk about. But we're doing a sporting hero, so let's get on to that. And uh, who would it have been that a young Ryan Lowe wanted to emulate when you were growing up and hoping to be a professional footballer? Well, it was obviously Kenny Daglish, you know, growing up and seeing what he'd done for, for, for Liverpool and how special he was and the songs of King Kenny. Everyone remembers King Kenny playing football, but, he, you know, the songs for me, you know, he would walk a million miles from one of your smiles. Oh, it was it was, it was was phenomenal. But again, look, that's that's without question. But you had obviously Ian Rush in there as well, who played alongside him at times, and then John Aldridge come through. So all the strikers for me, but the main two was was Kenny Daglish and then, uh, and then Robbie Fowler. What was it like watching Kenny Daglish play? Well, what I can remember now is he was just... People look at Maradona and Messi and that now, the way he was. Kenny Daglish was just give him the ball and he'd make something happen. That that was him. <laughs> you know, he, he's a, he was a goal scorer. He was an assist king. He was he was complete package rolled into one. But what, what else he did was he was a silent assassin when he left everything on the pitch and he had that nasty bite about him. I never listened to his interviews as a player and, and even as a manager, he had one-liners and I was like, oh, yeah, he's got a bit about him. But uh, no, listen, he was, he, was, uh, he was special for Liverpool. And vaguely, for what I remember in terms of his football ability, was was different class. 
what would have been the one thing from his game that you tried to put into yours? Leave everything out there. Uh, and that's what he did. He, he, he bled uh, red. I know a lot of people do that, but he, he was Liverpool through and through. Obviously, he come down from Scotland and, you know, he, he, he just, even now, he's still Liverpool through and through. And he, but he left everything out there on the pitch and he was waiting for the lack of time. Yeah, lack of quality maybe at times, but waiting for the lack of time. Let's get on to Robbie. Um, three years older than you, so a few years ahead of you when he was coming through as a pro footballer. How important is it as a young lad to have someone local to look up to and see, look, I could be that guy as well? Well, I remember at the time, so early on in my career, I was at the age of 13, I was at Liverpool's academy, the main and Sangster, and I broke my ankle. And then when I got back playing again, I think it was 14 or 15, I remember getting called back and invited back to Liverpool. I think it was 15, maybe 16. And he used to play four quarters, which was 15 minutes, 25, 15, 25, or 15, 25, 25, and 15. And I weren't really playing much. I was playing for a good team, a Sunday league team called East Villa. And I just said to me, oh, man, listen, I'm not enjoying this. I want to go back and play for my Sunday team now. But obviously knowing that there was a lad called Robbie Fowler coming through the ranks, I think he must have played two years above himself because he, 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 he was special. Um, and then obviously he burst onto the scene. I'd moved on. I was still playing Sunday football. And then I think I ended up playing for um, Waterloo Dock and the Sander and stuff then a couple of years later when Robbie had broke into the first team. And it, it was nice to see that. You know, he was a scouser. He was from the south end of Liverpool. Um, because as a footballer, you, you probably think, well, they're not really going to give youngsters a, a chance. But obviously, around that era, there was, you know, there was David Thompson, Jamie Carragher, um, Fowler, um, there was loads of other lads who, 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 who quite forgot about now, who actually represent Richie Parter, who actually represented Liverpool, uh, Michael Owen. You know, he was from Chester. I remember Lee Pryor making his debuts in my Campion High School. There was there was loads. So to, to see someone like Robbie Fowler bursting through to set that tone for the local lads was, was something special. Can you remember the first time you met either Darglish or Fowler and would you have been nervous? Do you know what? Funny enough, right, Matt? I've got a picture, my Uncle Tom, with, with King Kenny holding me. I was a baby. And uh, obviously, I think I, was, I must have been about five or six and um, I've got it somewhere I'll try and dig it out and I'll try and get you at some time but, and he's got hold of me and I forget where it was now but my uncle Tom brought me to see him and then it was only so how old Alfie now Alfie's 14 next month so he was 6 maybe. so about about 7 years ago now when Carragher used to own the, uh, you know, the, the, the restaurant on uh, what's it called the restaurant in town the, the sports bar yeah and he had a bit of a do in there. I remember being in there and, and Kenny Daglish was in there. So I brought my lad in, Alfie, and he got the same picture with Kenny Daglish. And it's amazing. So I've got one of me when I was about six or seven. I've got one of my lads, Alfie, which which was good. But I think the first time I remember meeting him was obviously, I think I was probably just a youngster standing outside the main stand waiting for the players to come out and ask for boots and shin pads and socks <laughs> and all that. Uh, but it was later on in life I'd, I'd got to meet him. He actually come and watched us our first pre-season game in La Manga this season for Plymouth Argyle, believe it or not, um, through a mutual friend of ours, Andrew Parkinson, who's our CEO. He was over there and he was he got a place there. He'd come and watch the first half, so I was in touch with him over that, which was quite nice. Oh, brilliant stuff. And just finally, have you ever picked his brain for managerial words of wisdom? We've talked about and as a player. We haven't talked about the fact he's won a Premier League, he's won multiple titles with Liverpool as a manager yeah. as well. 
Do you know what, mate? I, I haven't. I was open to the time when uh, he had a golf day, so he only watched the first half. He said, he texted me after and said, Ryan, sorry, I watched the first half, excellent football, so on and so on. Now, listen, I, I could sit down with him at any point, I would have thought, because Andrew Parkinson, who my CEO, is good mates with, with Kenny, and we have one of our directors, Trevor East, who's good friends with him as well. So I, I suppose I can do that at any point. Uh, and maybe, yeah, maybe I would, because I think there's some stories. I think the managerial. It's changed a little bit in terms of it, Kenny's day and times um, when he won the Premier League all them years ago. But I think just for the stories, it definitely benefit, yeah. Brilliant stories, uh, brilliant memories. Great uh, stories of yourself as well, Ryan, of, of how you made us a pro footballer. So thank you for sharing them and thank you for picking Kenny Dalglish and Robbie Fowler on Sporting Heroes on Radio City Talk. No worries, Matt. Thanks very much. Former Tranmere, Chester, Shrewsbury, Berry striker, Ryan Lowe, joining me for the Sporting Heroes podcast this week. Great chat with him and great to hear why Kenny Dalglish was so important to him as he was growing up, as well as uh, finding out a little bit about some of the things that he hit during his career in terms of stumbling blocks and all those great goals he scored as well. If you hit the subscribe button, you'll get a brand new podcast in your box every single week. You can also go back and listen to some of the old episodes I've done as well with uh, some real sporting heroes themselves. The likes of Martin Murray are on there, Ian Hume, and plenty more as well. Jamie Carragher could go on and on and on. Go back and listen to some of the old episodes. And as I say, I'll have a new one for you next week.